We are the army of God. We'll dare to discuss what most churches never will and strive always to speak the truth in love. We are watchmen, warriors, victors. Together, we will fight the good fight and finish strong. This is David Hebner Live. Everybody, good to be with you. Caught me drinking coffee at uh, 7 o'clock at night. I got the Holy Spirit in me, but I could use a little booster, a little caffeine. Hey, we're all going to heaven, right? We're all going, well, I hope we're all going to heaven. I mean, but I mean, in any case, we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account of our lives. Well done or well, uh, you know, you kind of missed the mark there, buddy. That's not what I want to hear. When I hear well done, I want it to be well done, good and faithful servant, not well done because in rare, medium, well done. But there's a movement, and the movement is going, growing quite rapidly, and here's the question. The question is this movement, which we're going to talk about, it's a movement within God's people. Is it a movement that's real? Is this a movement that comes from God? Meaning, if we're not in this movement, and many of us are not, well, if it's from God and we're not in the movement, where does that leave us when we stand before God? I'm talking about the way we worship, when we worship, how we worship, the things we do with our lives, the things we don't do with our lives. I mean, this movement's got many names, but I want to give it a name right now that we're going to kick around tonight. It's called the Messianic Lifestyle, and it's growing very, very quickly. But also, the controversy behind it is growing very, very quickly. And it's creating this huge divide, folks. Listen to me. This huge divide. And it not only does the church, and I don't know how we're going to identify the church, whether we talk about the modern-day church, the apostate church, or God's true church, but it seems very few are embracing this. Matter of fact, they're actually coming against it. There seems to be hatred towards it, almost to the point where they might call it a cult. But the question is why? Why, why, is, why, why is there a divide and why are people so either in fear of this or they have a lot of ignorance with it or they just downright just don't like it? But why? Messianic movement. Is it from God or is it a deception of Satan? That's the question. A great awakening or a great deception? Are you and I, are we missing something? And tonight we're going to talk about that. I think it's so important. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not to salvation, but maybe so. I don't know. This is why I want to bring it up. I've, I, I've talked about this before, but I want to dive into it very, very deep. I think it's either now or never. Let's talk about it. What is the messianic lifestyle? And I have my uh, guest here, Mr. Darrow. Mr. Darrow Weinberg. You there, Darrow? You... All right. right. Unmute yourself there, <laughs> son. Darrow, how are you, buddy? I am excellent, David. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on tonight. It's great to be here. You're welcome. So you are part of this messianic lifestyle that we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> And Daryl, I want to try to cut the fat off of this thing and give people as much information as possible, because if this is a critical, critical time in the life of Christians and a paradigm shift for, an, for light, enlightenment, understanding, people turning to God, it's so important, right, that we get, him this, get them this information. What, what is the messianic lifestyle? What is that? Messianic lifestyle is Jews and Gentiles who come together and worship God according to the commandments that he gave in his word. Okay. Uh, there, there's a lot of 
extra stuff that we've brought in throughout the centuries um, that we borrowed from paganism that we prevent be- that we present before the Lord. And I think we're in a day and time now where God is saying it's time to get rid of the stuff. Okay, well, let's first talk about the commandments. You said it's a lifestyle that's obedient to the commands of the Torah. Let's talk about those commands. Daryl, what are the commands of the Torah? From Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, what we know is the Pentateuch uh, coming from five, we have what is called the Law of Moses. And God laid out as uh, in Genesis, the historical account, and then through the the Exodus um, and desert wanderings, his standard for righteousness. And there are over 600 uh, in Judaism. It's generally considered 613 commandments. And God said, these are the do's and the don'ts as to how I want my children to live. Okay, let me let, let's pause that for a second. We're talking about the messianic lifestyle where Jews and Christians come together under, under a, quote, Judeo-Christian umbrella, and the, it's to be obedient to the commands of God. And I asked about the commands of God, Daryl, and you told me there were 600 commands in the first five books of the Bible. I only know like maybe 22 of those commands, and I probably know more than a lot of people. Uh, now, I assume the first 10 commandments, those are commands. But are you talking about there's another 590 commands out there that you that we're supposed to know? Yes. <laughs> God expects us to know the whole Bible. Oh, my goodness. Will we, be, will we be held accountable for not knowing them? If you look at the words of Yeshua, Jesus, um, it's his Hebrew name that we use. He says in John 14, 15, that if you love me, you'll you'll keep my commandments. The only commandments they had, I mean, the new covenant hadn't been written or codified yet. So the only thing that they had were the Hebrew scriptures and the only commandments that any Jew would have understood him to be talking about. Because if he is the lawgiver, which uh, the book of Hebrews tells us, then his commandments are those that he gave Moses on the top of Mount Sinai and throughout the desert wandering. So yeah, we will be held accountable. So, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just thinking out loud. So forgive me if, if I might be off base, but this is why as a small child that we're to learn the ways of God and be brought up in the ways of God, bring a child up in the ways of the Lord in the commands of the Lord, starting as a small child. But what's happening, Daryl, is the modern day church is shuffling kids off to Sunday school, shuffling kids off when they get into teenagers into a, a youth group, and these commands are never taught. And it's no. and when you get to be old people like us, you're trying to cram all this stuff into a into an ancient computer, and it, the the wires are going crazy. Am I am I making any sense, or am I? <laughs> It's a pretty good way of describing it. Well, okay. So we're off base from the beginning. In other words, we start from the early years. We teach the kids, the children, the commands, which most Christians don't even know anyway. So that's not going to happen. But we're here to talk about this and to uncover it. Okay. Uh, Now, Daryl, you and I are older gentlemen. uh, and, you know, with age comes wisdom, but there are people out there going to watch this and they're going to go, here's, here, you know, here's these guys, you know, they're, they got gray hair. They're over, of course, they're going to talk about this, but Daryl, I want to bring in a young person who knows something about the Torah and I want to get his take on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Brent, are you out there, buddy? I'm here. All right. Okay. Meet Daryl. Daryl Brent. Nice to meet you, Brent. Okay. So, Brent, you've been into this messianic lifestyle for how long? Four years. Four years. Okay. And may I ask how old you are? 26. 26. All right. You heard Daryl and I talk about this at the beginning. Do you have anything you want to input before I have a, 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 a ask a question of you? Um, go, go ahead and ask the question. All right. Here's my question. Young people 
how do they look at this messianic lifestyle? Now, I know Daryl, I've met his family. He's got an amazing family and a wife. And I know why they know about it. They played the shafar because Daryl threatened them that they wouldn't eat unless they sat down and learned all the commandments. But uh, other than that, uh, what do young people in general, you've come to young people. I'm sure you've encountered them. Have you gotten pushback? Do they think you're in a cult? Do they think you're crazy? What, what's their opinion? Yeah, I think, I think it's with anything that, um, that is uncomfortable at first. Uh, oftentimes it has to be by a revelation of the spirit and not just by man trying to indoctrinate you. So, so I mean, like I was introduced to this by someone, uh, and so is my sister and my brother-in-law, but it was by the Holy spirit that we were convicted. And so no one can ever unconvince me of this because I've, it's gotten down to my core. Um, and so I think that, you know, as we know, like millennials and especially Gen Z, they, they don't want the fat, as you were saying, you know, they, they want to get to the truth. Right. And so we're in the days, just as Mr. Daryl was saying that, that we've, we've been influenced by paganism. So it's like the father is stripping away this stuff from us. So I think young people are hungry for the truth. And I think it's time that we get off the fluff and get, get to the real deal. Okay. Have you gotten pushback from people, uh, from being in the, the, the messianic lifestyle? What do you call it? What, what name do you have for it? Um, it's, it, it's commonly known as like being Torah observant, but I, I just call it kingdom, just a kingdom lifestyle, the fullness of the Bible from Genesis okay. to Revelation, because then I feel like we can kind of get lopsided on one end or the other. So. Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah. so Brent, hang on. Daryl, have you gotten pushback? Do you get, because I mentioned that, and I'm going to be honest with you, I brought this up to people, mostly people in the religious system, and they've uh, turned red and their eyes started rolling in the back of their head. I thought they were, you know, going to climb the walls. Uh, have you gotten pushback on this? <clears throat> um, my entire believing life. Uh, I came to faith 25 years ago, and I grew up in a Jewish household. So you know, when I came to believe in, in Jesus or Yeshua as the Messiah, it was perfectly acceptable to me that I would live in accordance with how the Jewish people were, were instructed to live um, in the Torah, you know, before the Messiah came. But when you try to to uh, explain this to other people. And in, in the book that I wrote, I use a lot of anecdotes uh, to explain what the reaction is with people that when you start talking about the fact that people have not done things the right way, then there is a lot of pushback. And the higher up in spiritual authority you go, the more the pushback is. I've gotten my greatest resistance from pastors and denominational leaders over this stuff. Uh-huh. Do, do they use scripture? Have they pulled a scripture out of their bag and, and whipped it out on you? All the time. All the time. Okay. Give us, do you have a scripture that maybe they might, just so the people listening who are interested uh, in, 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 in what we're talking about, if they get hit upside the head with it, do you have one that, we don't have to put it up, uh, Spencer, but that they use to discredit the uh, messianic lifestyle? Well, it, it'll usually come down to specific issues. So whether it be days of worship. So, for instance, we take the Saturday versus Sunday issue. Yeah, let's. I, I was going to bring that up, but let's go ahead and bring it up. Let's bring up Shabbat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So from creation, God sanctifies the seventh day. And you see that being consistent all the way through. And all of a sudden we get to the church. And there's this gradual movement towards Sunday. And there are three verses that are primarily used to demonstrate that it was God's will that we change his appointed day for us to gather together corporately. Now, I, I do want to preface that I'm not against Sunday worship. I think that any day we come to worship the Lord is fine, but I also want to be walking in obedience. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, you know, the, the verses that'll be used, um, the, you know, uh, Revelation 1.10, well, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And everybody will tell you in the church that the Lord's day refers to Sunday. 
you don't have any basis for that. The Lord's Day is only used once in all of Scripture. Right. Um, it, it's not tied in whatsoever with any particular day of the week. When you understand the, you know, the uh, the context of it, John was talking about the the day of the Lord. And uh -huh. if you study the Greek and the Hebrew, there's a difference. But everybody says, well, that's that's Sunday. So therefore, that's the day we should worship and we should stop worshiping on the Sabbath. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think they get that because of Jesus rose, you know, on the third day, bringing in Sunday. I mean, before we go there, if we do go there, I want to back yeah. up on the Sabbath. A lot of people think that the Sabbath is a day of worship, that the Sabbath is actually a day of rest, which is a form of worship. OK, uh, so they want to stop worshiping other days of the week and they want to make 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 it a Saturday, make it the Sabbath. Uh, now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and Brent, I, I want you to chime in on this on this one. Uh, it, it, this God rested on the seventh day. Uh, mm -hmm. He said to us that that we are to rest on the seventh day. So we need to rest on the seventh day. I was in at the kibbutz in Israel. Uh, with my uh, with my friend uh, Rabbi uh, Shabtai Herman, and I spent uh, uh, Shabbat with him, and we ate and rested. We ate and rested, uh, but worshipped every other day of the week uh, at the synagogue. Do you see it there in the kibbutz? Um, so, uh, Brent, I want to ask you on Saturday worship. Do you worship on? Or, or do you get together with people on Saturday? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What do you do on Saturday? Well, number one, I rest, stop from working and enjoy myself uh, and enjoy God. And then number two, um, get together with people, hang out, we'll eat, we'll sometimes do some songs, sometimes not, read some scripture, stick it pretty chill. Okay. All right. Um, and we're going to talk about food in a moment. Daryl, and I'm going to be talking about your book in just a little bit because you yep. got a fantastic book out there. But but I want to dive into uh, a couple of things here. Um, the the Shabbat, the day of worship, Saturday. I'm going to ask some hard questions here, and I know I'm I'm putting you on the spot, possibly. But you know, I, I believe you're a watchman. You're called to be a watchman. I believe Brent is. I am too. Right now, I'm a questionman, <laughs> not a watchman. I'm a I'm a question person. Yeah. Will God hold us? Do you believe accountable for not keeping the Sabbath in the way that He's intended? Will He hold us accountable? I think he will hold us accountable for every bit of disobedience that we uh, we live in. I mean, if if the the sanctified life is to be regenerated through the Holy Spirit, he's given us the power to keep his commandments in doing so. I mean, the whole purpose of the cross is the fulfillment of the law so that we can be forgiven. And now we have the empowerment, the new life to live according to the way that God wants us to. If we're okay. going to continue to live in disobedience, then we are most definitely going to be held accountable. Okay, so you just answered my question as to why preachers get mad at you. You see, because the modern day church system, it's a system, it's a religious system. Uh, even for those that aren't apostate, they're still in the system. If you come and tell them they shouldn't uh, just come together on Sunday, that they need to pull out 590 other commands out of their pocket, which they have not a clue because they've never been taught. It's going to make them look like idiots. And they don't want to look like idiots because they're standing on a stage as a rock star right now. You see, as as I know everything and don't try to question anything I'm doing, I'm pretty hard on preachers out there because I'd rather I'd rather aim my spiritual gun and 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 take out nine and 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 accidentally hit one innocent than to not not do anything at all. I'm talking spiritually now. Okay, I'm talking yeah. spiritually. That that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I want to read a scripture: Exodus twelve twelve uh, through fourteen. Let's go to uh, Exodus twelve twelve through fourteen, folks. I don't know if I want to do much of a commercial on this because my passion, my heart is so on fire right now that if God wants us to get this information. We need it. We need to know what's really going on uh, with with uh, what God's saying right now. Exodus 12, 12 
13, 14. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and will strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So for those of you guys that are just chiming in, uh, the, the uh, Israel was in captivity uh, in, in Egypt. They were, they were slaves, basically. God was setting them free. He told them what to do. He gave them specific instructions. Do this, do that. I mean, these were specific commands. And he said, put the blood over your doorpost. You know, he instructed them with the meat, what they're to eat, how they're to eat it, when they're to eat it. He says in 14, this day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Now, Daryl and Brent, I'm gonna bring you on too. If I'm reading verse 14 correctly, and tell me if maybe I have a bad translation, you are to commemorate for generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. A, this is where it gets, hits it, lasting ordinance. Tell me what that means, Daryl. It means that from throughout eternity, <clears throat> we are to commemorate this no matter where we are, no matter who we are. Um, you know, if you go to Leviticus 23, where all of the, uh, the, the appointed times of the Lord are, it says, these are eternal ordinances in every generation and all your dwelling places. So to me, eternal means eternal. And the fact that the church has stopped celebrating the Passover, we converted it to the Lord's table that we celebrate with a, a quickie uh, snack with a, a cracker and a, a shot of grape juice uh, once a month or whatever. That's not what it means. That's not what it means. Uh, Spencer, I want to play a, uh, I want, I want to play uh, the, uh, a clip from a new uh, video we just uploaded to davidhevener.tv. Uh, it's called Communion Abuse. It's me and Zev uh, Parat. I sat down with him. Um, and what about Passover? That's the question. Uh, put that card up there so they can see that. Uh, 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 communion abuse. What about Passover? All right. Forced to do communion. Let's play a clip off that. They don't even ask me. They say we're having communion and they're, they're pretty much telling me. Some people say I want to fast for two days right now. Yeah. And you need to join me. Right. No, I don't. Christians, let's wait till we eat food and let's have communion with food. And they say to me, oh, that's blasphemy. Tell the truth. The rest is up to the individual. We can't hold a gun to people's head. Communion. So, Can you tell us the difference between Passover and communion? There we go. Okay. Uh, Spencer, go to davidhevener.tv real quick. You can watch the full video there. Um, if you go to davidhevener.tv, uh, we just uploaded it along with Passover or Easter. There at day, I've got a channel there called David's Choice. Uh, you can watch the whole thing uh, with Zeb Parat and also Passover or Easter. That's another video we just uploaded. You can see we have the Last Evangelist channel and the Saving Babies channel. We have the original channel. Uh, we have the Alien Demon channel. I've got over 700 uh, videos on there, folks. Go and sign up, davidhevner.tv. And I want you to be with me with uh, Daryl as we go underground. Um, uh, my, my guest, he's got an awesome book we're going to be talking about. Go sign up right now, davidhevener.tv. Uh, Daryl, I just uh, played that little clip on communion, and, and here's my question. First of all, I agree with you. I think communion has been so manipulated, distorted, and monetized, okay? Uh, I don't know that if God came down again as in a man and looked at the church doing communion, I, I, I think he would just, I, I don't know what, it'd be embarrassing, I think. Um, so I want to talk about communion, Passover. Now we have Passover, which is to celebrate, which is what we're talking about in, uh, um, in, in Exodus 12, 12, 14. That's, that's, it, it, that happens every year. But then we have the Passover meal. Uh, 
how does that correlate or does it with communion? <clears throat> the, the communion supper is a commemoration of it. But I think if we boil it down to that, then we're missing the whole point. You know, Paul says that as often as we do this, do this in remembrance of him. He, you know, he's quoting Yeshua at the Last Supper. Um, <clears throat> the the bread and the wine on the the Friday night, for instance, um, that we sometimes mix up communion with, was actually instituted by Abraham with Melchizedek. We see that in Genesis chapter 15. So we've got all this mixing going on. And yes, while the the communion supper or the, the Lord's table, as it were, is a commemoration of the body and blood, it's not the celebration of the full Passover. You don't get the full meaning of it all. We don't tell the Passover story when we're doing the Lord's table. We just say, well, he died and rose again. And this is the body and this is the blood. And then off we go. But when you do the, the, the celebration of the Passover and then in conjunction with that, keeping the Feast of Unleavened Bread, where we clean our houses out of leaven, uh, so that Paul is reminding us that um, the, the, a little leaven leavens the whole open. He's talking about spiritual leaven, pride and, and all those things. And so when we clean our physical houses out of the leaven, um, God will show us where the spiritual leaven is in his house, which is our hearts. So everything that we do in the physical has a spiritual connotation on earth as it is in heaven. And when we cut those things out, when we don't do those things in accordance with the way that God said. Now, can, do we sacrifice a lamb? Well, no, we don't because Yeshua um, replaced the whole sacrificial system with a once and for all and a better sacrifice. The blood of bulls and goats was never sufficient to take away sin. But that doesn't mean we dispose of all of the other ceremonies and the the ornamental things, the, the, the traditions and the customs and the, the commandments that God gave us. We still celebrate the Passover. We know that it's been fulfilled in Yeshua, but that doesn't mean we stop doing those things. And the problem <clears throat> the church has is that through the saying that I don't have to do this anymore, we are now in disobedience and we are bearing the fruit of that. I mean, look at the state of the body of Christ today. Yeah, it's a it's mess. It, it, it is a mess. And that's why in Exodus 12, 14, I said there's like three words. You are to commemorate uh, well, four words, generations to come uh, and celebrate as a lasting ordinance. To me, yeah. I mean, how do you get around that? Oh, well, Jesus came, he died and he rose. Well, didn't uh, God know that when he allowed us this, these words to be read in Exodus? Of course he did. So why would he say lasting ordinance? Why would God want to intentionally confuse his people? I don't think God, that's God's character. Uh, yeah. uh, Brent, I want to ask you, when you do, now you did communion uh, most of your life uh, going into church, and um, but then you started doing the Passover and started eating on Passover. Uh, Daryl talked about how the spirit's connected to the body, how we do things. It, it, it cleanses us. Do you feel something on, on Saturday, on Shabbat, when you have a, do you call it a Passover meal? Just like, like uh, every Shabbat? Or what do you, well, when, no, when no, we do I the mean, Passover I mean, once a year? I mean, every Shabbat, yeah, every Saturday you have a meal. Mm -hmm. uh, is that meal any different than, than communion? Um, well, I like I, I don't always do like the, the bread and the wine um, like on a Friday night, uh, which is like a traditional custom. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely like there's definitely more meaning in um, it in it on Shabbat. Um, OK, or I'm, uh, maybe I'm not getting what you're asking. Well, that, well that's what I'm trying to dig. Daryl, let, let me go back to you. What you have communion. First of all, should Christians. Uh, adhere to communion today uh, over uh, celebrating Shabbat? Is it okay to do communion and not have a meal on, on Saturday? <clears throat> well, I think the two entirely separate things. If you want to combine them, that's fine. The communion has nothing to do with the meal on Shabbat. The, the Shabbat meal is called an oneg or a delight. 
And we see that in Isaiah 58, where God says, if you keep, and he's talking Gentiles, by the way, too. For right. those who keep my Sabbath a delight, an own egg. So we, we you know, we, we participate in a fellowship meal. Uh, also, because it's one of the four elements of, I think, biblical community that we find in Acts 2.42, that they, they continually sat under the apostles' teaching. They fellowship together, they broke bread together, and they prayed together. And so I believe yeah. it's a continuance of how is it that the first century, assembly, first century assembly turned the world upside down the way that they did. And although we're much bigger today, we've got far more numbers today, we're not making near the impact that they did. Why? Because they did things biblically. And my whole argument about what's going on in the church and the reason why I wrote the book is because if we're not doing things biblically, then we don't walk in the power. We don't walk in the authority that God has given us. And we're honestly getting our lunch handed to us today. Okay. So one more question, and then I have to take a break. What should a person out there listening right now that uh, either goes to church or doesn't go to church, what should they do this Saturday? You know, they they're praying God laid on the heart. You need to start doing something different. What can they do this Shabbat? Um, uh, I'll ask you first, Daryl, and then you, Brent. What can they do? What steps can they take? <clears throat> well, take it seriously. I mean, rest. And when we talk about um, resting, it means not doing any commerce, any work. I don't mean don't, you know, sweep up the floor or something like that, or that there's a mess on it, because what happens is the Gentiles tend to go too far the other way and become very legalistic when they start embracing the commandments. But we're not to do commerce. We're not to work on it. Um, you know, try not to to answer emails and stuff like that. Anything that pulls you away from from God and rest um, should be avoided. And if you can, it also says in Leviticus 23, we're to have a holy convocation. That means a corporate gathering. Find a bunch of people to get together with. Find a messianic service. Uh, I do an online broadcast. So for the people who don't have fellowship around them, they can at least tune in, get some teaching, and, you know, can kind of uh, interact with each other uh, online. It's, okay. it's a poor substitute, but it's there. How can they get in touch with you? And then I'm going to ask you about your book when we come back. What, what, what's the name of the podcast? How can they, do you have a website? Uh, the website is alttnmessianic.com, standing for a light to the nation. So a light to the nation's messianic.com. Okay. Okay. Um, what is the name of your book, uh, Daryl? The book is uh, called The Red Mark on God's Forehead. And so, I love uh, it. Red Mark. Okay, how, how can they get a copy of that book? Uh, you can go to Amazon. You can go to Chapters, Barnes & Noble. Or if you contact the ministry, um, we can also send you a, uh, a copy as well. Okay. And, and um, sign it. Okay. All right. And, of course, we're going to be talking more about that. And we'll be quoting from that book, especially in Underground. Brent, I want to ask you real quick, what advice can you give to someone? Because you were in this situation. You know, you came out of a, quote, Judeo-Christian uh, uh, family background, and you ended up uh, in a what you call the Torah movement, the Torah. Torah. How, what, a person out there just listening doesn't know anything. They just know God's touched their heart. They want to do something, try mm -hmm. something. What can they do? Yeah, I would say start really small, and but stay consistent. Don't, don't give up. So what I did is I... I first, I stopped like uh, working, I work with cattle a lot. So I stopped working with cattle on, on Saturdays and I started just digging into the word and I started kind of doing things I enjoyed more. And then slowly that developed into like, um, well, I was, I would meet up with people on Saturdays and like um, we would study the Bible together. And so that kept me away from just regular work, like a job. Um, but the most impactful thing has been just getting into the word and spending time in the father's presence and if if you just do that from a friday night to a saturday night and just you know ask father speak to me reveal yourself to me reveal your kingdom plan to me he's super faithful to do it because he sees not only our heart but he sees the fruit that that produces in our obedience and yeah. our actions yeah so. so i think the first thing is you have to feel like know that there's something not quite right we're, we're not there's more we're not hitting the mark you might say spiritually 
Uh, then we want to be hungry enough to go to God in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us as to how and it, 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 we're supposed to do this. And he will He'll bring things into our lives. Um, and then the third thing is, is to actually do it, you know, to actually do it. Um, OK, listen, I'm not going to take a break because this information is so important. OK, but I do need to to tell you about these things, but I'm not going to take the time for a commercial, but I have to tell you about what we have for the ministry I want to give you, get you. This is the End Times Investigation DVD, eight hours of footage of me interviewing L.A. Marzulli, Russ Dizdar, uh, Lisa Haven, uh, many, many, many other. I've got about 30 people here I interviewed that you would know who they are. We talk about things like the Illuminati, New World Order, Satanism, demonic powers, Antichrist, this one world religion. Folks, it's happening now. You need to get this, please. And then here, of course, is the DVD to the first episode of Last Evangelist. Uh, please order it. Uh, on the back is uh, uh, videos that's been banned, me and Mike Lake and uh, Lisa Haven. And then my two books here, uh, real quick. Uh, this is True Power, um, how to use your true power in these last days. This is my story of being in Hollywood, of witchcraft. Uh, astral projection program multiples how you can read this and it'll i really believe it'll help you be able to deal with what you're going through go to um david tv forward slash order or you can call 844-806-0006 or you can text the word chosen to 91999 if you'd like to support the ministry go to david tv forward slash give i love you guys i appreciate you all Okay, we're talking to Daryl Weinberg and uh, and Brent, uh, uh, my guest uh, here. Uh, Daryl, we we were just talking about um, the the pushback that you get. Now, I'm going to ask you another hard question. You're Jewish. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think this has to do this pushback that comes from the church has to do with any has anything to do with anti-Semitism? The fact that there is a hatred of Jews in the church today, I'm talking about the church system. Do you think that the uh, messianic movement has anything to do with that? There's a lot of that. I mean, it, it, it's not a cut and dried issue. There's a lot of different factors. But as I mentioned in the book, a lot of um, our theology comes from the church fathers and the church fathers, if you read their attitudes toward the Jewish people, um, very, very hostile <clears throat> to the point where guys like John Chrysostom and Augustine were advocating for pretty much that they should be killed. Uh, yeah. Luther did the same thing. And, uh, you know, as anybody who has studied history knows that Hitler just grabbed Luther's blueprint for the Jews and, and brought it to its fullest attempt. Um, uh, it, it, it's natural conclusion. So yes, um, part of the hostility against the Torah comes from the church's hostility toward Jewish people. And they look at the commandments of God as being Jewish things. Passover is a Jewish holiday. When you look at it, they're God's appointed times. The commandments were God's instructions as to how he wanted to be worshiped. Israel was just simply the vehicle by which he introduced it to the entire world. Yeah. I tell people we are so brainwashed that we probably see 2% of what we really should be seeing being brainwashed in the religious system because we, and without knowing it, it's, it's, it's subliminal and it, and it goes into our subconscious that if you're a Jew, you, you can't go to heaven. You don't know the Lord. What are you talking about? Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. How can people say that? I mean, I just want to, it's the most insane thing, but people think this. Mm -hmm. I've had people come up to me in church uh, and they'll say things, well, you know, I, I want to pray for the Jews because, uh, you know, they're just not going to go to heaven, you know, and God used them. To, I said, you know, you know how God used them? God used them because he worked through them. They were his chosen people. He sent his son who was a Jew. All right, I'm going crazy on this. Brent, uh, I want to ask you, uh, the um, the feast days, and I'm going to talk to, uh, to Darrell about this. Man, we are going through this so fast. We need like five shows to, to make this thing uh, right. But let's talk about the feast days. 
is uh, are we required today to do the fee to do the feast days? Uh, first of all, tell us the, the feast days. Tell everybody what the feast days are. This is to me or Daryl. Uh, Daryl, let me go to you first, and then Brent. I'm gonna. I'll go to you. Okay. The feast days are uh, from Leviticus 23. He, God says these are His appointed times. He says it four times in uh, the first four verses of Leviticus 23. So God has specific days that He wants us to show up. That He causes us to remember something that He did. He gives us his plan of salvation through and he reveals his character through types and shadows so all of the feast days whether it be passover first fruits the feast of uh weeks or shavuot or pentecost as we call it the fall feast which we just came through trumpets yom kippur and sukkot um, they all point to a different aspect of salvation and i, I go into great lengths about what all those are within my book but there are the times where god says I want you to show up because I want you to remember my faithfulness to you and I want to be able to bless you. Um, and, okay. and what I say is that the church has said, well, we don't got to do these things. And it's like, you know, if, if your wife was to say to you, well, these are important days to me. And you say, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to take different days. I, I don't think there would be too much peace in the heaven or household. It would be more hellish than heavenish. So, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. You're right. Well, it's the same thing on 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 Shabbat. That if uh, your wife is expecting you for dinner, like we were talking about, yeah, uh, and you didn't show up, and you so I decide we're going to have dinner on Wednesday, and she had planned this beautiful Saturday dinner, and you didn't show up. You just said no, we're going to do it Wednesday. Don't you think it would break her heart? Well, it, it would, and you know the question I always ask: Well, who makes the rules in your house? You or the kids? And everybody tells me it's the parents. And I said, well, how is that any different in God's household then? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Brent, let me ask you as a young person uh, with the, the feast, uh, including Passover, um, do you believe that, we're, that we are required to keep the feast or is it an add-on and an extra blessing? No, I absolutely believe that we're required to, to keep it. Um, it Paul talks about in first Corinthians uh, for us to keep the feast we have in uh, Zechariah 14 the Sukkot is going to be kept in the kingdom Isaiah 66 talks about the Sabbath and the new moon being kept in the kingdom too so it's an eternal it's an internal ordinance and you know first John says that his commands are not burdensome and I've grown in such like deep relationship with the father through these through getting back to his original blueprints of the kingdom the patterns and the rhythms of how he works mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go to my lovely wife, uh, Brent, you and Daryl, I'm going to bring you back. And when I do, we're going to be underground. And uh, the things we're going to talk about, don't answer it now, but I want to talk about the food that we are required to eat or the food that we need to abstain from. Right. Uh, those are specific, and you're going to tell us what that is, and you're going to show us why that is. And it could be why so many people are sick today, okay? Um, and then I'm gonna talk about Israel, this thing going on with Israel. I think mm -hmm. it's bigger than what most people think it is. I think, well, I don't wanna say what it is, but can I say the work of the Antichrist, a movement forward? Daryl Weinberg, uh, Daryl, give me again your uh, ministry contact, please, how they can get in touch with you. Uh, a light to the nation's messianic ministries. You can find us at alttnmessianic.com. Um, okay. Our phone number and, and all of our information, email address is all on there. Okay. And you blow a mean shafar, buddy, you and your son. God bless you. <laughs> thank you, Brent. Thank you so much. We're going to uh, come back uh, to you guys in about five minutes when we'll be underground. I'm bringing my lovely wife here. Uh, Shanita. Um, are we going to start celebrating Shabbat now? So on Friday night at six o'clock, you're going to cut off all my Wi-Fi and all my television <laughs> and lock me in a room so I can't go out. Yes. And I'll start lighting the candles and giving the blessings. But what about our son? He plays soccer on Saturday. What are you going to tell him? 
Well, you're the head of the household. I'll let oh, you. yeah. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. See, this is what we deal with. You know, <laughs> I can deal with anything, but don't don't ta tell your son or daughter they can't play their sport on Saturday. You know, folks, I'm telling you, it's a serious thing. Okay. It's very serious, but but it's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, Shanita, when I was over in Israel at the uh, Shabtai Herman house, uh, the kibbutz, we got up and and ate and basically talked and did nothing. And it was the most beautiful day I ever had. Now that was Saturday. Then I woke up Sunday. It was my first time in Israel. And uh, I called you, Shanita, and I said to you, this was years ago, it is Sunday morning. I'm in the old city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. I'm looking around. And what did I tell you about Sunday? It was the first time you ever felt good on a Sunday. Yeah, it's true. I didn't understand it because Sunday's the first day of the week. That's a work week. Now, we have an 11 o'clock uh, broadcast on Sunday morning for those that uh, come together. And, and I love that. And I would not ever forsake that in a million years. So don't get me wrong. I love it. I love that. But what I'm saying is I all my life growing up in a church, Shanita, I, I grew up on Sunday and I went to church and I just never, I felt like a rock in my shoe, you know, and I didn't know that, that my mother was Jewish. She knew she was Jewish. She never talked about, you know, back in Kentucky, they hang the blacks and the Jews. But um, when I found out I had family over there, I went there and I just felt so complete and so at ease. Um, Shanita, we have any prayer requests and praise reports? Yeah, people have been praying for the Lee's home to sell, and it did sell as soon as they got it on the market. So we praise God for that. Praise God. And you had been praying for Reba's transportation needs, and God sent her a car. And after her daughter researched it, she said, Mom, they only charged you about half of what they should have charged you for that. So God really blessed her. That was awesome. And we've been praying. And uh, we're praying also. Oh, any more Praise reports before I go into prayer requests. Any more praise reports? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, David Morgan, who was worked mm -hmm. on Last Evangelist, he was a technical advisor, a very good friend of mine. Uh, he had his foot uh, taken off, amputated. We're praying for him for his healing, praying for your mother. Uh, we're praying uh, for um, Howard's, uh, I think his granddaughter. Um, these are people that. It's on my mind. My sister's having hip uh, replacement, praying for her, praying for uh, Tom Horn. Uh, Tom was the publisher of my two books. Uh, Sky, I've been on Skywatch TV. The Skywatch family are good friends of mine. I love those people. He had a massive widowmaker heart attack, praying for him uh, that um, that he's, and he's, I understand he's recovering. Uh, Shanita, do you have any other prayer requests? Yeah, we're praying tonight for Sadie's dad, for Cynthia's daughter. Um, of course, for Israel and Palestine, and for Eric, for Linda, and um, Carl and Aaron are saving money to head back to the Middle East to minister there. And uh, the rest of the request will get them and pray together. We're announcing a new prayer time that will be starting on Monday evenings for our TV members. So you'll watch for an announcement for that. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And uh, for people that want to sign up to davidhevener.tv, which is the only way they can go underground with us and, and talk to our guests, they sign up and they send you an email so you can send them a link. Is that right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. The link, uh, sure. the email is admin at davidhevener.tv. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Um. Because I remember you told me to say something. And I said, only if you remember it. So if you don't remember it, I don't remember it. Next week, people will be able to get a free chapter of the book. Oh, a free chapter of the book. Okay, of my book of, uh, of uh, End Times Investigation. Next week, they're getting a free chapter. Okay, good. Can't wait to get that out free. All right, Shanita, I love you. appreciate you. God bless you. Love you. And thank you, Rabbi Daryl and Brent. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, I want to thank you, Father, for everyone that's here. Thank you for the guest. Uh, we're not done yet, Father. You know that. You've got many more words you need to speak. I ask, Father, that you give us your wisdom when it comes to how we are to worship you in truth and in spirit. Forgive us, Lord, if we have not been able to do what we need to do. We do repent. 
let us be able to go in a way that is righteous, in a way that's acceptable. Holy Father, we praise you, we thank you, and we fear you. We fear you. Now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm commanding a healing over God's people. There's a lady out there that's having eye problems. I'm commanding a healing. There's a mother and father out there that's dealing with the sickness of a child, commanding a healing. There's a father out there dealing, a, a man out there dealing, dealing with addiction, the demon of addiction, the demon of lust, the demon of food, the demon of fear. You are cast back into hell. You will not return. You leave God's children alone. We thank you, Father, for the right and for the power to be able to cast out demons like your son did and for the right and the power to be able to heal the sick. Father, let us go into a place where we've never been before. Take us higher. Take us to where we're uncomfortable. I thank you for each and every person out there. There's someone out there that's fighting loneliness, depression. I'm asking for a special supernatural comfort around this, this, uh, your children, Father, and I'm praying for that mother that's contemplating getting rid of her baby, that you have now changed her mind supernaturally. Ch children right now are being saved all over the world because your people are praying right now. We're praying for the children caught up in human trafficking, the demon of human trafficking, of child molestation. You are cast back into hell. There are children right now that are being saved. And we give you the glory and we thank you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, I love you guys. We're not done. Uh, when we come back, you can catch us only on davidheavener.tv and uh, Roku and Amazon. Please go with us. It's the way to support the ministry. It's a members only, and it's very inexpensive, less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Um, please consider uh, praying for us. Please consider supporting the ministry. Go to davidhevener.tv forward slash donate. And uh, also, um, if you have, and I have to say this, if you do uh, have a prayer request, you need to email me because I want to pray for you. We have prayer warriors all over uh, and we pray for people. And Shanita's having another pr uh, prayer on Monday night group. Uh, send me that email and put in, uh, David at David Hebner, uh, dot TV and put in the subject, pray for me. Uh, you can put it in chat if you want. We go through chat. I try to read everyone. I want to pray for you. Okay. We're here for you. This is a ministry. This is what we do. Okay. Um, also, please, again, if you would like to support the ministry, go to David dot TV forward slash give. If you've got, you know, an old car, real estate, anything, you want to donate it, you can go to davidhevener.tv uh, forward slash car, and that will help the ministry. Hey, you get a tax write-off. Okay, uh, we're going to be back in just a minute. Uh, don't go anywhere except to davidhevener.tv. Uh, Sign up now. I love you guys. <laughs> 